All right. Joining us now, as he does every Tuesday, State Representative Walter Hudson. Good morning, sir. How are we doing this morning? Fantastic. I'm like a little kid on his way to school to get beat up at lunch yet again. I want to share something with you that I found, and these stories seem to uh, continue to pop up. I'll get into a bit of our uh, our conversation about the legislative session. I remember back when, <laughs> it seems like long ago, but back, you know, back when Walls was laying out all of his COVID uh, stipulations and the benchmarks, you just kept blowing past him and blowing past him and blowing past him. Um, I found this this morning. Uh, Walter, this came from June 28th of 2022 out of the Minnesota Reformer. Governor Tim Walz does not support abortion up to the moment of birth, contrary to Dr. Scott Jensen's claim. And the article goes and lays out comments from Walz's campaign manager, accusing Dr. Scott Jensen of lying about the issue to distract from his unpopular plans, uh, but basically saying that Walz does not and has not supported abortion up to the moment of birth, but we all know that he has a bill that's heading to his desk um, today. So I just kind of wanted to set that up, tee that up, in the, uh, to uh, start off our conversation this morning, sir. Yeah, no, it's a great example of uh, the way things are working. That's definitely the strategy that they employed is to try to paint Republicans as being extreme when in point of fact their intention all along was to with the slimmest possible grasp on power throw all the spaghetti at the wall and try to push policy in Minnesota to the radical fringes going beyond California going beyond New York trying to reach the heights and lows of North Korea and China. It's been interesting to hear from the listeners, to talk to you, talk to others who, you know, are either in the legislature or watching what's going on and kind of seeing everybody wrap their heads around it. I mean, the DFL has been moving at such a rapid pace that it's it really has. It's been hard to keep up. And even as a talk show host, just covering the number of bills and how many things are being passed and where they're being moved through. But I know that we were we were talking ahead of our conversation and, you know, you made an interesting point. This all seems the the lack of discussions taking place, the lack of debate taking place on these bills. And again, kind of pointing out to what I pointed out to a moment ago of Walls's past position on abortion. It really does seem to run contrary to what Walls and the DFL ran on in this past election. What you need to understand is that the Democrats are anti-democratic. They don't want democracy. And by, by that, I mean, they don't want you to understand, comprehend, digest and react to the things that they are doing and your experience as you know your job literally what you get paid to do is pay attention to these things understand them process them and respond that's your job and you're having a hard time doing it you're not the only one john it's not just you <laughs> we, we have heard from reporters who have privately told us we this stuff is happening so fast that we can't keep up with that we don't even understand what's happening and certainly that's the perspective of many of us as members who have a front row seat. You know, we're, we're the first ones to get notified as to what's coming next down the pike. And usually it's, you know, somewhere in the range of 48 to 72 hours of knowing that this enormously impactful legislation is going to be in a committee or be on the House floor. As, as an example, this Friday in the Public Safety Committee, on which I sit, we're going to be hearing four, count them Four gun control bills, including red flag laws. Um, why? Why do we need to hear four gun control bills in February, the beginning of February in session, on a Friday where we typically don't have it? This is a specially scheduled committee. This is the type of stuff they're doing. They, they have us in four sessions in times that are not 
uh, consistent with past practice just so that they can move the process forward at breakneck speed. Um, and the, the, the chatter from folks who've been here longer than I have is that they've never seen anything like this. This is the type of activity that you would expect in April or May as they're racing to get things done after dragging their feet off session. Instead, because they have the power, they've got that slim grasp on total control, the trifecta, they're doing everything they can using every parliamentary and scheduling mechanism to just throw all of the radical spaghetti at your wall. It's not surprising that you have Democrats overreaching. This happens all the time. I guess my next question is, you know, you mentioned media has been trying to keep track. I don't have a lot of faith in our in our local media, apart from a few key outlets that we talk about on the show. Is there any chance that this backfires in any way on what they're trying to do and brings more attention to what's to what's going on? Or has the you know, has has is the ship set sail and there's no stopping it at this point? Well, I mean, I, well, one thing that they've demonstrated very clearly time and time again during this first month of session is that they don't care what we think about anything. Yeah. Um, they, they've accepted virtually none of the amendments that we in the minority have offered either in committee or on the House floor. Um, and using the aforementioned breakneck speed of this accelerated legislative process, it, it, when I say they don't care what we think, I don't mean us as Republicans, like Republican legislators. They don't care what you think. They don't care what Minnesotans think. They are cutting Minnesotans out of the process by having this breakneck speed process at which they're proceeding with, with legislation. I'll give you an example from last night. So we had the debate on the House floor regarding driver's licenses for all, as they call it, driver's licenses for illegals. Right. Um, there was a point early on in the debate where an amendment was offered by one of our members that would have had the effect uh, of adding some sort of reasonable accommodation, right? I think it was we were going to have if, if you do not, or if you're not able to prove your residency, then your card will be oriented vertically instead of horizontally, and it'll be clearly labeled as not for voting purposes. That's what the amendment was. Very reasonable, right? We're saying, hey, you want to have driving privileges, fine, but we're going to make sure that you can never use this card to vote because you're not legally eligible to do so. Representative Gomez, the author of the bill, responded to that amendment by telling us that, and by the way, this is something that had been previously agreed to in previous sessions when they were trying to negotiate this thing. They're not doing it this time. And the reason why, according to Representative Gomez, is the community decided that they didn't want to have it. The community. <laughs> now, the, the rational follow-up to that, which our members did ask, is, what community? Who are you talking about? Who is this community that decides what our legislation is going to be before it comes to the House floor? Who are these people without election certificates who are deciding how things are going to be? And that was the definitive moment of last night, and it's also one of the definitive moments of this legislative session. The laws in Minnesota are currently being decided by people who do not have election certificates, who have not gotten input from my community or the communities of any of the Republicans who have been elected to office. Like, that's the way this process is supposed to work. You come up with your crazy idea, and somebody else who also has an election certificate and represents 40,000 Minnesotans gets to say, hey, wait a minute, my community thinks it would be better if you did at least this. And then you have a serious conversation about whether or not you're going to incorporate that. None of that is happening right now because the Democrats are anti-democratic. 
The only way I see any of this changing, well, one, I don't see any of it changing, but my only hope at this point in time is that somebody with some common sense beyond this show, because the show doesn't have as big of a reach as some other media outlets, begins to sort of point out what you're pointing out. I, I'm, I'm, I'm skeptical that that is going to happen because I know you don't have any recourse beyond letting your voice be heard. You know, your time in the session, uh, letting your voice be heard here on the on the show. But beyond that, I mean, how many individuals? And I'm this is more of just statements than they are questions, Walter Hudson. But you know, how many of the average individuals out there are even aware of what's happening right now? And so my my only hope is that there's somebody on the left with a little bit of common sense to see what a dangerous precedent is being set right now because i think you and i both know that if you change the power structure and you had the gop doing what they're doing right now on the left i mean this would be headline news all across every single news outlet locally well that's it right there the media is not doing their job and the reason why i know that is because last night you know we're we're going to be considering paid family medical leave this this program that is going to enable 24 weeks of paid time off for employees. Uh, and I was texting a few folks that I know, including the owner of business that I work for, uh, just letting them know, hey, have you seen this bill? Do you, do you know what it does? Uh, you might want to come down and testify about the impact it's going to have on your business. And the responses that I was getting was, this is going to decapitate me. That's a, that's a direct quote. This is going to decapitate me. This is going to destroy my business. Oh my God, what are they doing? Ugh. And this, me texting it to them was the first they had heard about it. Oh my Where gosh. is the media? Yeah. Where's the news? And so they're not doing their job. So we've got to go around them. It's up to you guys. It's up to everybody listening. You've got to get this stuff out on your social media. You got to get it out through email. You got to get it out through whatever groups you're involved with. We depend upon you to spread the word. Yeah, and I guess the only other hope with regard to that is that, you know, some of these outlets that are also going to be affected by this begin to understand how it's going to end up affecting their bottom, their bottom line. I just, I, I hate to feel helpless, Walter, you know, and I, and I, and I, and I don't want to feel that way. And I know you don't want to feel that way. And I'm glad that there are individuals in there still fighting for, for all of this, but I just, there needs to be a more, a more unified voice out there to push back against what's happening right now, because, you know, they're not going to stop and you know, they're not going to stop. And, and you demonstrated there a moment ago, just with the, well, the community doesn't, d- doesn't want it. You know, who, who's accountable here and, and who, uh, and who isn't at this point in time. I just, it's, it's incredible to, it's, it's incredible to watch. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, well, and uh, the, again, the takeaway is that there's no humility here. There's no sense of stewardship. There's no sense of responsibility to anyone other than their most radical elements within their activist base. Uh, they don't care what you think. And this is not a democratic process. This is an exercise of power. You want to know what one Minnesota means? It means one Minnesotan, Tim Walls. Yeah. What, what Tim Walls wants. Tim Walls gets. That's the whole kit and caboodle. That is one Minnesota. They, they don't care what anybody else thinks at all, even their own members. We saw that with the abortion debate. You know, when we had them uh, force them to take a vote on a third trimester abortion ban, and some of their members started to to break a little bit with the herd because they're like, "Oh, this is horrendous. This is gruesome and awful. What we're doing here." They got whipped into shape right quick, right quick. Because one Minnesota means you don't get to think, you don't get to apply your morals, your community that you represent doesn't matter. It's all what Tim Walls wants is what Tim Walls is going to get. 
Well, Walter Hudson, uh, state representative, continue uh, doing the good work, and thank you for joining the uh, the show. We'll check back in with you uh, with you next week, and uh, Godspeed to you, sir. <laughs> That's about all that I could say at this point. Thank you.